It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. As we turn our hearts to the word of God today, my prayer is that you would have hearts to hear. I've been preaching for almost 30 years, a little bit over that, and um, in that time, you all, I've, I've, I've not really land, landed on a subject matter that has gripped my soul like this one, uh, because for many of you know I'm an evangelist. Uh, my heart is for people that are far from God to get closer to Jesus. And I'm so grateful that I believe that part of what God is revealing in this series will help that to happen. So if you don't mind, would you just take a moment to just bow your heads right where you are? Even those of you that are online, if you're able to do that, would you take a moment to do that? I want you to just quiet your spirit. I just want you to echo what has been written in the word of God. Speak, Lord. That servant listens. God, if you don't speak, we can't hear. But if you do speak, your words are spirit and life. We are changed forever. And so, God, we pray that you would give us ears to be able to hear. That, God, you would anoint my tongue to be able to speak that that you have ordained in this hour. And we'll be so very careful to remove ourselves out of the picture but to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise which you so righteously and rightfully deserve. In the name that's above all other names, in the name that heals, the name that delivers, the name that sets free, in Jesus' name, and all that agree with that said amen and amen. Today, you all, I'm getting ready to share with you all um, on the subject matter of how to win souls to Christ. We've been talking about soul winning for a while. We said, as a matter of fact, that'll be the theme of this year. All I do is win. And the importance of helping win souls to Jesus is one of the pivotal and crucial missions of the church. Indeed, you all, if someone were to ask you, what is the purpose of the church? Somebody might say, well, it's to gather together. And that is a purpose of it. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's one of the reasons. Somebody else might say, well, the purpose of the church is to come and to hear the word. And that's true. Uh, when you come to church prayerfully, the word of God is taught. The word of God is proclaimed and you're able to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Yes, that happens. Uh, you all, but Jesus, when he got ready to leave the earth and he could have said a lot of things to his followers. When he got a chance to give them a mission, give them a focus of where their energies would go. Jesus said, I want you to go into all of the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to everybody, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus gave the church its mission to go into all the world and tell the world that there's a Savior and his name is Jesus. And so you all, as we talk about then how to do that, God wants us to go into all the world and tell the world about him. We get it. Well, how do I do that? Well, one way, and it's not the only way, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, uh, and we talked about this last week, that he that wins souls is wise. It says he that wins souls is wise. Last week, we talked about what the soul is, and we kind of put it in the sandwich of, uh, of three things. Uh, we talked about the fact that every person has been born in the beginning three parts. We called it tripartite, remember? We said that we're born with three parts. We're born with body, we're born with soul, and in the beginning we had spirit. We were made in God's image and God's spirit was in the original man. 
But because of sin, because of man's disobedience, the spirit of God left man. That, that's why God says, Adam, where are you? The part of him that was in Adam when Adam disobeyed God caused the holiness of God to leave Adam. God cannot dwell in an unholy thing. God cannot cohabitate with anything that is not pure and holy. You better hear this. And so because of man's sin, God left. And that left man dichotomous or two parts, body and soul, right? He was born body, soul, spirit. When he sinned, spirit left. And now he is body and soul. And so you all, we talked about what all of those things mean. Today, I want to talk about the first part of that tripartite nature. I want to talk about the body. I want to talk about the flesh. Say flesh. The subject of the message today is the skin that I'm in. The skin that I'm in. Now, you all, if you listen to the subject of the, of the, of the message, it might confuse you because if you think that you are your skin, it's hard to say the skin that I'm in if you are your skin. Let me say it again. If you think that you and your body are it, then you cannot say the skin I'm in because you believe you are your skin. But the reason I'm saying the skin that you're in is because if you are a Christian now, you are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. If you are not a Christian, you are a person that has a soul and lives in a body. But you do not have the things of God. You cannot understand the things of God because of sin. And everybody has been born in sin. Every human being born was born like our mama and daddy, born in their image, which is the image of a fallen person. So we are born without the spirit. And so you all, we want to talk about the flesh today. What is the flesh? Uh, and how is the flesh uh, explained? So in, in, in the New York Times in, in, in 1964, it actually gives us uh, a, a nod to a definition of the flesh. You all are familiar with Aristotle, this great philosopher. And uh, he was the first person to note what we call the big five is what he called them. Uh, and he says that these are the things whereby the flesh or whereby the body connects with the world around it, all right? The big five are the five senses. Touch, hearing, sight, smell, and taste. Uh, recent experiments show you all that senses are important uh, uh, to the body, but they're also important to the mind. In several experiments, subjects were cut off from all possible sensory stimulation. Their eyes were covered with goggles that blocked their vision. Their hands were covered so they could not feel anything. They were isolated from contact and could hear only a steady kind of white noise, background hum. In this environment, the subjects soon ceased to do any concerted thinking. Some started hallucinating. Some burst into irrational rage. Some had delusions that they had two bodies uh, or that their minds were detached from them and were wandering around in space. None were unaffected. This classical view has always been that the mind is something that can exist as distinct from the senses. But now it seems that the higher brain functions are highly dependent upon the senses that deprived of our senses, we would become mindless in short order. So in other words, you all, there is this connection between our mind or our soul and our flesh. But the flesh by itself is what touches, what connects with the world around you. Let me just say some things, and, and if I throw it out there, it'll make sense. Uh, smell. Sweet potato pie. Uh-huh. Fried chicken. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, let, let me just, let me just know something else. Your favorite song. Uh, you, you know, you know that song when they come on, you're like, hey, that's my jam. That, that, that. A sound. And sometimes you all, when you smell a smell, doesn't it take you somewhere? 
You remember sometimes growing up or you remember maybe being at home or you remember some great memory. The same thing with a sound. Sometimes when you hear a song, it can remind you of where you were. But let me just talk about this. Have you ever looked at something and it caught your attention? Now we're in church and so I need y'all to be honest about this. So, so don't, 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 don't start lying. But have you ever looked at something and it caught your attention? Come on now. Don't look at me like that. Have your brothers, have you been in the mall uh, before you got saved and you saw uh, the girl in the red you didn't know her name but you just like hey you a red right and, and listen you weren't seeing her soul you weren't seeing her mind you weren't being drawn to her mind or you weren't being drawn to her spirit it was something else that you saw that you were being drawn to and that sight attracted you haven't y'all ever been window shopping Broke as all get out. But you want on the other side of Somerset. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the Macy side. I'm not talking about uh, Bath and Body Works. I'm talking about Ferragamo and Gucci. The place that you know you can't buy nothing in. And you just went there and looked, right? Eyes, your eyes, right? It, it drew you in. It, it appealed. The thing, the way it looked, the, the, the way that, you know, the color schemes were, the way it was laid out. You all, the five senses are that that we touch the world with. And indeed, you all, that is the flesh. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 6. John 3, 6. We're going to be in a lot of Bible verses today. <clears throat> so follow with me. We got to go through this. John 3 and 6. I'm just going to read it now. What is born of or from the flesh? Let me stop right there. How many of y'all have been born from flesh? Mm -hmm. Everybody's been born from flesh. You ain't got to raise your hand. You ain't, that, that was rhetorical. Every person that has been born has been born from flesh. That means your mother and your father had you. You may not know them. You may have had a sordid background with your family, but you were born of flesh. Look what the Bible says. What is born of or from flesh is flesh. It's of the physical. It is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. So in this scripture, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus who is asking him, uh, Master, how can I be born again? Jesus says, well, you got to be born of the spirit. And then he goes on to say, well, that that is born of flesh, that means you and me, every person, that person <coughs> is flesh. Flesh, you all, according to God, is not something that pleases God. Your flesh, as a matter of fact, is the most difficult part of your tripartite nature to deal with. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree with me, but that is why January is the month that you will see every commercial dealing with weight loss. January, January. Everybody, every commercial, every health club, every uh, nutrition commercial will be dealing with that. Why? Because our flesh is very difficult to deal with. Come on now. How many of y'all have made promises to get your flesh right and your flesh did not like your promises? Uh-huh. I'm going to lose this weight. Your flesh said, no, you're not either because some coconut cake is right over here. Uh -huh. I, don't, I, don't care, I don't care about what you're talking about because you can choose between this coconut cake and you can choose between your desire to not have more calories. And can I tell you that for many of us, we lose that battle. Our flesh, you all, is that that does not please God. I know you don't believe me. Turn to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, Romans 8, Romans 8. Hallelujah. I feel God. Romans 8, verse 6. Now, you all, the reason why it's so important to have your Bibles and to turn to them, because I know y'all can look on screens, but if you don't write stuff down, if you don't have a, a note of where it is in the Bible, you become dependent on somebody else's screen. I don't mind screens for people that aren't, like, deep in the Word, but you need to have your own Bible. And just turn, or just scroll on your phone. All right. Romans 8, verse 6. Watch this now. Now the mind of the flesh, I'm reading from the Amplified. The mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that compromises all of the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life 
and soul peace, both now and forever. Watch this now. That is because the mind of the flesh. Now watch this now. The mind of the flesh. Your flesh has a mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, can I say that? Okay. Uh, brothers, have you ever had anybody tell you um, that you need to think with the other? Because some of y'all know that your body has a mind of its own. You could be on, listen, have you ever been in church and all of a sudden your body started acting strange and you're like, wait a minute, I'm in church. All right, no, I'm going to be real in this series because I know that some of y'all act like y'all are not going through real stuff. Have you ever been in the presence of God in church and all of a sudden your body or your mind start going sideways in them stuff that didn't make no sense? You're like, how can I be thinking about that in church? Well, the Bible says your mind and your flesh has a mind. Your flesh can make you do something that your mind know you shouldn't do. Don't look at me like that. I don't know why. Well, you know what? Let me just, let me just give an homage to some of my cues. <laughs> there was a song that said, Bow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. And they said, it's nothing but the dog in me. I don't know why I act like that. I don't know what reason I behave this way. I don't know why I chase that. It must be the dog that's in me. It ain't me. It's just the dog in me. And I came to give you a biblical example of what the dog is. It ain't just the dog. It is the mind of the flesh. And the mind of the flesh that is not regenerated by the Holy Spirit cannot do anything but focus on you and what you want and what does not please God. The mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes, watch this now, is hostile to God. The flesh ain't just something that is a little bit upset with God. The Bible says that the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Mm-hmm. That's why I got to operate in my truth, because my truth makes my flesh feel good. I can redefine the Bible, because if I got to live by the Bible, then my flesh won't be happy. So I'd rather make up my own Bible so that my flesh feels good. I don't want to believe the word of God, because if I believe the law, then I got to submit to it. And my flesh is hostile to God. And my flesh does not want to submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Listen to me. Hear me well. You cannot train your flesh to not be against God. The Bible says that your flesh is hostile to God. Mm-hmm. You can put lipstick on a pig all you want to. But bring some mud around that bad boy and see what it do. You can, you can put on some Chanel on a pig all you want to do it. But bring that pig around some mud and see what it does. You can put church attendance on your carnality all you want to. You can say, oh, I just clicked on to the service for 10 minutes and I've done my time with God. You can do that if you want to. But if you put a lipstick on a pig and bring it around mud, the true nature of what it is will always show up and let me tell you something you can add religion to your life all you want to but adding religion to a sinful flesh is just like putting lipstick on a pig it will not change the nature of who you are mm -hmm. you'll know who you are by how your flesh acts <laughs> uh-huh i'm just reading the bible so then, those who are living the life of the flesh. Well, how do I know if I'm living my life to, of the flesh, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Catering, listen, 
to the appetites and impulses of the carnal nature. Mm -hmm. That means that when your body craves something, are you able to resist it? And I'm not talking about, you, listen, you cannot overcome your flesh, which is by nature hostile to God without a supernatural occurrence. You cannot bring your flesh where it needs to be brought unless you got something greater than your willpower. Because your willpower always gives out in February. Your willpower always gives out till you meet somebody that's fine. You can resist somebody ugly. You can resist somebody broke, but let somebody fine come to you and see if you got the capacity to resist that. Of course you can decide, I ain't going to drink because guess what? You don't like that drink, but let your drink come in front of you. You and I can determine whether or not we are living a life of the flesh by evaluating how much we cater to our carnal appetites. It says that that person who lives a life of the flesh, listen, it says, this is the Bible, cannot please or satisfy God. Back on the church! A person who lives their life given over to the flesh cannot please God. Well, I don't believe that. I didn't ask you to believe me because I didn't write the Bible. The Bible says those who are living a life of the flesh catering to your appetites and impulses cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. Why ain't God hearing me ask your flesh? Why ain't God responding to my prayers? Did what you do last night? <laughs> Why ain't my life turning around? Why am I not seeing God at work in my life? Check where your money's going. Check who's on your phone. Check your web searches. Uh-huh. Check what your friends are. Because I tell you, if I bring your homies and your girlfriends around, I promise you that your crew determines you. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor, I, I need a little bit more information. I, I need a little bit more information. Because um, you're really messing with me right now. And let me just say this, you know, we're talking about winning souls. And I think what happens is, y'all, we automatically think that every soul that needs to be won is somewhere out in the world. I love this church because we're a soul winning church. We're going to win everybody out there and all them, all them heathens, all them lost people out there, all them folk that's going to hell. Oh, we got to win them. Uh, newsflash. They ain't the only souls that need to be saved. Because you can be a, not a knower of Jesus Christ, but Paul calls you a carnal Christian. <laughs> There's a categorization of Christians. Paul said, I can't speak to you as someone that's spiritual because you're still like an infant and a child. Even though you know Jesus as your Savior, you ain't following Allah. You're not following Buddha. You're not following Hindu. I get you. You believe in Jesus, but you're yet not obeying his spirit therefore you're still in your flesh and even though you are accepted by God spiritually you are rejected by God experientially so having your soul saved the Bible says uh, what is it that everybody else gets saved and then what does it profit a man to gain all that and then you lose your own soul so y'all, listen, church ain't just about you coming and hearing information. It's about making a decision. The Bible says, once you look into the perfect law of liberty, once the word of God shows a mirror to you. Have you ever seen a boogie in your nose? Do you leave a boogie in your nose when you see it in the mirror? 
Then why are you leaving spiritual boogers in your nose when the word shows you your life? You got enough sense to pull a book out your nose in a natural mirror, then pull the sin out of your life with your spiritual mirror. What is the word showing you? <laughs> uh-huh. Galatians chapter 5. Hurry up. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Galatians. 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 Galatians 5.17. The amplified version of this says this, Galatians 5, 17 through 21. Watch this now. We're talking about the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. The godless human nature. See what it is? The desires of your body are against the desires of God. And the desire of the Spirit in you is against your flesh. I, I've said this before. Have you ever started, listen, have you ever watched the infomercial? How many of y'all have been amazed that you were watching that infomercial that long? I mean, sometimes I just, I'm, I cannot believe I am watching uh, about this, you know, skin cream. I don't even use skin cream. And I'm, 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 I'm minute 20 into, you know, and then, then the people be so funny, don't they? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know. Have you ever tried to read your Bible? Have your body ever told you you're not going to read your Bible? All of a sudden, you don't know what you read. You keep kind of read it over and over again. Okay. I don't know why I can't understand. Listen, you can read everything. You can scroll on Facebook and TikTok for three hours, but try to read one verse. Like, what is this saying? What, what about when you, when you get so sleepy, I'm going to get in my work, and then slob on your, on your, on your Bible. I'm going to pray, and pray turns into a nap. You know why? Because your body is telling you, I do not want to please God. Oh, God, go to the second. I need a job, God. I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. So God give you a job. Tired. Mm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that one. I, I, my, my, mm-mm, mm-mm. Said I got a light bill due. I even got a gas bill due. Telephone disconnect. I'm waiting on my next paycheck, and you want me to tithe. But no, you prayed for God to get you the job. Now that you got the job that God gave you, you can't even give him 10 cents on the dollar. Well, that's the Old Testament. Now, now you're deep. Now you don't read the Bible for nothing else. You don't read the Bible for nothing else. Now you done built a case against why I don't. Ah, that's under the Old Covenant. I am under the New Covenant. Uh-huh, that means you ought to do more than the old covenant then. Since you're under the new covenant, you're right. Then you ought to be given more than the tithe, you new covenant person. Your flesh does not want to please God. It is opposed to God. And your spirit is opposed to the flesh. For these are antagonistic to each other. Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. Why am I always in a struggle? Because your body does not like where you're going. Uh-huh. Why is it that you can find a hard time going to church, but not a hard time going to get something to eat? You a dash it. You a dash White Castle if you got to. It's a snowstorm. That don't matter. I'll wait for three hours. I'm going to sit on to uh, Uber Eats. But yet you can't click on anything for your soul. You can't click on any website for your spirit. You can't order anything for your spirit. Why? Because they are antagonistic to each other. So what's the reason? So that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Paul said it this way, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the very thing that I can't stand that I'm doing, I keep doing it. 
He said, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me out of this body of sin? Because the body is always trying to keep you from where God wants you to go. Your flesh is always at war with your destiny. Your flesh is always at war with God's direction for your life. And you got to learn, guess what? I am bigger than my flesh. I am not my flesh. There's a song in the IRE said, I am not my hair. Uh -huh, Y'all don't know nothing about it. That's all right. I'm not my hair. I'm not the, uh, don't, don't judge me by the appearance of my hair. And whether you know it or not, you are greater than your skin. You are more than your flesh. And I'm so grateful for every born again believer that is hearing me. You are not your flesh. You are a spirit being born in the image of the creator of heavens and earth. So you don't have to be worried about doing what you want to do because now you got God helping to lead you in that direction. Tell somebody I'm glad that God is in me. So how do I know, Pastor? Hurry up, finish this sermon because you convicted me too much. I'm ready to go. Hurry it up. Bring it to a close, preacher. Mm-hmm. Bring it to a close now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm tired of hearing you making me feel bad. <laughs> so, Pastor, could you help me understand if this is me? I'm glad you asked. Now, the practices of the flesh are clear. Help me understand. Give me a... If I'm in the doctor's office and I want to assess my condition, they're going to ask me some questions and they're going to say, uh, have you, has your family had a history of this? Have you ever had this occur on a scale of one to five? So they'll ask you a set of questions so you can determine your condition. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a set of questions for you to determine your condition. The works of the flesh are clear. It says, immorality. Are you an immoral person? That means that are you involved in things that you know do not honor God? Here's a question I used to say to the, to the, when I was youth pastor. I said, hey, you know what? It's all good. Whatever you're doing, just announce that as, uh, on Sunday. That's all. If it's good, no, it's, I know God cool, which is good, cool. When it's time for church, get up in the pulpit and say, guess what? I just slept with somebody I'm not married with. Last night, I just got drunk. And if you got a question whether or not I can say that, that's immoral. Impurity. Indecency. Here's a question. <laughs> what are you doing that ain't decent? Mm -hmm. Idolatry. Some of y'all think it's falling down to a statue. Ain't nobody worshiping statues. We idolatrize things and people. What is it that you are an idol to determines what you really worship? Uh, I may not have none, but my head going to always be dead. Broke, but head did. Right? Ain't got no money, but brothers, your car, you gonna always have your car right. Don't matter what's going on in the world. As a matter of fact, God, I might not come to church because it's a nice Sunday. And I need to make sure my car is right. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your family that you are now idolizing. So sometimes we will put an idol on things. Maybe it's your church that you idolize. You put it on a pedestal above God. Sorcery. Oh, I'm not a witch. Sorcery is control. Witchcraft is as that of control. Who are you control freaks? That you got to run everything and not just everything, but everybody because you are a sorcerer.
And as a matter of fact, you enjoy being in certain relationships because you can always control the dynamic of that relationship. Because really, you got a spirit of witchcraft, which is sorcery. Enmity and strife. Some people always like drama. Some of y'all were raised in drama and don't know how to have life without it. That's why when you're with somebody that ain't drama filled, you got to bring in some drama because that's what you're used to. We got to fight because that's what my mama and my daddy did, so we're going to fight too. Enmity and strife. Somebody get blessed and you don't want them blessed because you're jealous and you're envious. Angry all the time. What are you so angry about? Never smiling angry selfish into divisions and dividing things always want to see people broke up from stuff and watch this now you got a party spirit which you like to fall into your sect or your faction I'm a Republican I'm a Democrat I'm black I'm white I'm Kojic, I'm Baptist, I'm from the east side. And if ain't nobody from your side, you ain't got nothing to say to them. Parties and spirits and factions. Drunkenness. How do I know if I'm ruled by the flesh? Are you a drunk? Just because you got a tic-tac in your mouth. Don't mean there ain't no Hennessy in your body. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all are functional alcoholics. Uh, don't look at me like that. Some of y'all are functional. You got to get a drink just to be able to stay focused. You got to get a drink just not to be mean to people. You got to get a drink so you can just calm your nerves before you go to work. They think it's some, 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 some coffee in that Starbucks cup. Carousing. Carousing. Any carousers? I, I didn't really, you know, and sexually, immorality also uh, connects with sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, which means just because you can have sex don't mean you're having it the way God ordained it. Just because you have anatomical parts that can do things with other anatomical parts does not mean that's the way that God designed it to be. So you decided to tell God how your anatomical parts are supposed to be used when well, he's already told you how they're supposed to be used. But since you are your own God and you cannot be subject to the law of God, neither can you be, you've decided to your own system whereby you determine how your anatom as a matter of fact if you don't like your anatomical part you can call it a gender mistake please don't send me no emails don't don't send oh, oh there it goes being insensitive now I'm not being insensitive to nobody if you don't know me by now then you will never ever 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 know me I ain't mad at nobody doing what you do I'm a Christian pastor preaching the Bible and I gotta tell you what the Bible says and the only way we keep having babies 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 is for a man's anatomical part to meet a woman's anatomical part and they have a baby oopsie I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You all, the reason we don't like the Bible is because of what I just read. As a matter of fact, in this day's climate, Citadel, and those that are viewing, most pastors don't read stuff like this because it makes people not happy. 
Well, if I want if I want to be beat up, I just stay at home. If I wanted somebody to tell me uh, about what I'm not doing, and I stay at home. Well, then go to the gym and say, if I if I was being made to feel uncomfortable, I might as well stay at home. If I gotta hurt to get if I gotta hurt to get on this weight bench, then I might as well stay at home. If I can't eat what I want and still not lose weight, then I might as well stay at home. No, 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 no. You go to those things so that you can discipline yourself to get better. And the reason you come to church is to hold the mirror up to your life so that you can become more like Christ and not like you. So, let, let, me, let me just uh, finish this. So, here's the answer to this. You, you can control your flesh. So, I don't want to end with a bad note. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Hear these words. <laughs> but like a boxer, I buffet my body. Watch it, what's it? I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it. I buffet my body because my body is not me. I'm in my body, but I can determine my body's destiny. And the way that I change the way my flesh behaves is like a boxer, I beat and handle my body roughly. I discipline it. What's the way of disciplining your body? Fasting. <coughs> mm -hmm. Listen, I can see y'all in the spirit. I ain't gonna fast. I don't care what you say. I don't care how much you sweat. I don't care how much you move around for theatrical impact. I don't care about you standing on the edge of the stage to lean in. I'm going to keep eating because I like to eat. Some things come only by fasting and prayer. So, so while you're eating and your son is screwing the world and hates God, here's my question. Is that extra piece of pound cake going to get your son closer to Jesus? Because the Bible says some of these things that you want to see done only come by turning down the plate. And can I do something else out there? You can actually lose some weight. You want your money right? Get God in your money. You want your money right in 2022? Get God in your money. Stop. Oh, I can't believe I didn't win the, the doggone the Powerball. I was going to buy the church a building. I was gonna, no, you ain't got to buy the church a building with a lottery ticket. Pay your tithe and then the church will be able to see what God does. I need you to stop waiting on these impossible scenarios. I can show you where you are with God by how your money is spent. I can show you how you are with God or how you can turn the plate down or not. I can show you where you are with God or how much time you spend in the word. I can show you where you are in God by how much you discipline your flesh. You tell your flesh, you don't run me. I'm going to say this. I'm sitting down for real. I got to end this. I got to end this. I'm sorry. I do. I do. Now, I know it's young people here, but y'all need to hear this too. True story. I can't believe I'm saying this, Lord. This wasn't planned. I'm in college. And, um, <laughs> and I was, um, my, my wife and I at that time, she was my girlfriend, we were having a Bible study. Uh, and I'll never forget this. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in her room uh, at Northwestern, and we heard the Bible open. And she's reading the Bible, and I'm getting turned on. Tell the truth, sir. Tell the truth, sir. Reading the Bible. And I mean, I don't know what was, I don't know if it was the way she was reading it. I don't know if it was just me. I don't know what was going on. But the more she read it. <laughs>
talk about confusing. You know, one night she was singing something dirty or talking to them. She was like, and the Lord said, and I'm like, oh, what else did he say? What else did he say? What else did he say? It's the truth. I'm telling y'all it's the truth. I'm going somewhere with this. So, I mean, it's getting bad, right? I'm talking about, you know. Now, some of y'all don't know none of this I'm talking about. Then don't worry about it. But you, look. I'm with you. I'm with you, sir. I'm with you. And I said, baby, I got to go. I got to go. She said, but no, honey, please stay. I said, honey. I got to go. We waited till we got married before we got an end. But watch this now. Had I not left, that would not have been my story. I went outside, I never did. I went outside the dorm, went about three uh, doors down, and, and got it laid on the ground and started crying because I wanted to do it that bad. Have you ever wanted to sin so bad, but God wouldn't let you sin? And then when you went somewhere and started wondering why you couldn't do it, you started crying because you still wanted to do it. What is this that makes me do right when I want to do wrong? What is this when I'm down low? It gives me a, whatever it is. It won't let me hold my peace. Is there anybody here? God has kept you and God has given you the power and the strength to say no to people, to things, to habits, to addictions, to lifestyles, to mentalities that you know did not honor God. Is there anybody here? He says, I beat myself in the subjection for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel, I myself should become unfit. He says, we crucify our flesh daily. Finally, last scripture. How do I do this, Pastor? Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Christ, anybody belong to Christ? They have crucified the flesh. With its passions and appetites and desires. Well, Pastor, I get it. How do I crucify the flesh? Well, I'm glad you asked. Last scripture, Romans 13, 14. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and appetites and desires. It says, Put on Jesus. Listen, you all, you better stop waiting on Jesus to get on you. And you better start putting Jesus on you. Stop waiting on God to do something that he's waiting on you to do. God, I need you to get me out of this. I need you to get your mind right. I need you to change my money. I need you to let me in your money. I need you to keep my flesh down. I need you to beat your body back and remind your body who's in charge stop asking God to do what he's given you and you and you authority and power to do give God praise in the room anybody if that made any sense heads about heads about eyes are closed in the presence of the Lord God we love you we honor and we bless you oh God we're so humble that you remind us God of your word which leads us and directs us helps us be all that you have fashioned and intended us to be. Father God, we see flesh because we are flesh. Can't see soul, can't see spirit. But God, I have in my life seen people whose lives are so controlled by the spirit that when I see their flesh, their flesh becomes a reflection of you. And so God, would we crucify our flesh daily we beat our flesh into subjection. We discipline ourselves so that this flesh that is opposing to you would God be able to be put in its place. And then God, for somebody who is listening who has never accepted you as Savior and Lord, my brother, my sister doesn't have the capacity to say to their flesh, get right, because they don't have the Spirit of God to control their mind. And so, God, we pray for somebody who's listening that says, you know what? 
I want my body to honor God. I want my flesh to please God. I want it to at least be pleasing to him in what I do. Even though the Bible says that the flesh is at war with God. I, I want my body to at least be something that the Lord can call his temple. If that is your desire, my brother and sister, the way for you to do that is to simply accept Jesus as your Savior. If you're here in person, if you're watching online and you've never surrendered to Jesus, what does that mean? You surrender your will to him. God, I'm not perfect, but I know you are. I don't know the answers, but I know you are the answer. And so I surrender my life, my will to you. In doing that act, the Bible says that as you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So his heads are bowed and eyes are closed, both here in the sanctuary and online. I need you to be honest with God because you know what? He's the only one that really knows the truth anyway. You're not impressing me or anybody else. The flesh has done a number on you. For some of you all, the flesh has caused you to lose your money, lose family members, lose marriages. Your flesh has caused your body to be unhealthy. Your flesh has caused your money to be totally upside down. Your flesh has trapped you in addiction. But I came to let you know that Jesus came to set you free. And that can happen when you surrender your life to him. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.